focusing on how do we as a community and as Ohio focus on next gen optimizing next gen and that so it's you. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, 361, for bringing all of us together today. Um, uh, first off, I'm Wolf, and this is a topic which is very near and dear to everything which we're working on. Uh, one of the gigantic focuses that we have at the Ohio Impact Fund is figuring out how we can create a more diverse and more equitable uh, generation of new leaders in the investment space. And there are a lot of places where we could start, but we decided there was nowhere better for us to start than uh, with the students within our own state and being able to help them grow with them. And so I'm really, really excited that we have the same panel with us today of uh, individuals representing different universities and different programs uh, to talk about how we're engaging with different students, the next generation, universities, colleges, and everyone within the state that uh, is also focused on that next generation. So uh, I will let the panel introduce themselves, but thank you so much for having us and thank you for being here. Hi, uh, Steve Flaherty, um, representing Ohio Central University, so entrepreneur residence there, uh, running the Delaware Entrepreneurial Center, uh, but founder and startup CEO uh, is kind of the first thing, um, but uh, we're developing a unique ecosystem uh, intertwining uh, higher education with the uh, startup ecosystem. He also knows more about trains than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> Uh, Timmy McCarthy, uh, Wittenberg University, uh, small liberal large college, uh, just west of here in Springfield. Um, I am the professional in residence there. Uh, became that after I spent 17 years as the uh, Ohio franchisee for Raising Beans uh, Chicken Figures uh, and grew that from uh, zero restaurants to 44 restaurants. Uh, exited in 2021 and now. My name's Ann Mooney. I have not successfully exited uh, uh, 44 Kings um, restaurants, but um, I know some of you have um, I'm at Xavier University. I'm the executive president at the Business College, the, the Center for Experiential Learning. And um, prior to that, and I've been doing that for 15 months' time. Not sure if I'm going to survive much longer in academia. I don't move at the speed of academia. Um, as I've mentioned earlier today, for those of you who were here, that's purposeful redundancy. Um, my history is I am from Ohio, small oil mining town in Appalachia. So links back to the earlier panel. And I've got a lot of pride about uh, being from Ohio. And uh, I've come back to Ohio after living abroad, having lots of interesting opportunities. And I think that we're at an awesome inflection point in education and talent and um, our essential integral ingredient in, in, in what we need to have happen. You know, I spent time at 18 years of Procter & Gamble, um, and I have my own boutique strategy consultancy. I'm part of the Queen City Angels. I kind of have a lot of hats. Um, sometimes I wear them well, um, and I'm most passionate right now about experiential learning and really bringing relevant real-world business experiences to students that go beyond uh, concepts and textbooks and the classroom and whatnot. And I think that uh, the reason I'm at Xavier is I'm uniquely positioned to be able to do that, I think. 
Hello, I'm Dan Masterini. I'm the Executive Director of Cross Enterprise Operations at Walsh University. What I like to call the fourth C, Canton, Ohio. <laughs> so uh, it's been an honor to be here today. I, I uh, come with a background, like I said, I'm a uh, recovering biochemist and also recovering uh, oil and gas professional. I've had a, a lot of different experiences in my career with some family offices. Um, but uh, I, like uh, Dan, very passionate about experiential learning, helping uh, to really look at education differently. Uh, in state. You're right, in a very rich environment for education in the state, but uh, trying to reimagine what that looks like in order to meet the needs of the business professionals, uh, the employers that are coming to the area. We've been successful here at Walsh. Um, very proud of that we recognized by National Science Board uh, last year as uh, being in the center of this conversation. In fact, uh, we're hosting uh, Dr. Victor Query, the National Science Board, the vice chair there. Uh, one of the speakers at this event in Canton uh, tomorrow. So, can you can you talk about that event? Is the shed some light? Yeah. So um, uh, tomorrow I'll uh, have a morning session with, uh, to take a look at what's happening uh, at the Hall of Fame Village in Canton, Professional Football Hall of Fame. Uh, with incredible transformation there, opportunities for uh, for uh, growth and economic development, the hospitality industry. So there'll be some private uh, discussions there in the morning uh, to take a look at uh, potential opportunities. And then we'd like uh, everyone to come back to Walsh University uh, in North Canton in the afternoon. We'll be kind of focusing specifically on a couple of, of topics relative to some of our success in our, in our focus in on the sciences. We have a program called the Steel Technical Workforce Program was designed to really be in alignment with here in the state called TechRed, which is an amazing uh, program where the state reimburses employers for tuition they invest to upskill the Ohio workforce to become more technology competent. And then we'll be also talking about some of our successes in the SPARC program, which is a, is a grant. To provide, uh, we were able to acquire about $1.2 million for some of the most state-of-the-art analytical uh, science equipment, gas chromatographs, mass spectrometry equipment. We're using it in a different ways to team with business professionals within the community so that they have access to these as almost like in a contract research organization type of um, relationship, which provides real world experiences for our students to engage in problem solving. Uh, we're not being into let's extract caffeine out of uh, coffee anymore in some of our chemistry labs. We want to get them connected with employers, solving real world problems. Uh, so that it's a kind of um, meeting the needs of our students and also being a resource differently to our community. So please join us. So excited for tomorrow. Um, and, and thank you, Rick, for helping put together tomorrow as well. Um, uh, there, there are so many different universities throughout the state of Ohio, and then a lot of partners that we have. 
I would love if each of you could just give us like a quick snippet about something which is going on on your campus that you don't think is happening anywhere else. Um, so this is a nice tough one. And so I'm gonna start off with Ann. Awesome, I love this question. Um, as those of you who know me, I'm super energized and excited and enthusiastic about the thing that's happened most recently in the last six months. I've only been in Xavier for 15 months, but in the last six months, uh, under this whole vein of experiential learning, first thing I did is I turned the center to be student-led, student-run. The last six months, and that was in the fall, um, in the last six months, we just spun up a uh, digital media agency that is student-led, student-run. In the last six months, okay, we have more than 40 student consultants and 22 clients. We're turning clients away. I don't think that's happening anywhere else. So I'm pretty pumped about it. And uh, the students, you know, are like lighting up my phone and our Slack channel on all the client work. I've got two summer interns that are full-time. Xavier Element, that's the name of the, uh, that's the branding of it, Xavier Element, that's our digital marketing agency student consultancy, and 17 other student consultants that are working on these clients throughout the whole summer. Six months, so. With that, if I would, I would like to talk. So, who wants to go next? Sounds like uh, All right. <laughs> uh, I think one of the, the really unique uh, programs here at Walsh is a program that we call the Blue and Scholar Program. It's uh, named after our second president, who was really passionate about topics related to social justice and community care. So taking our mission as a uh, as a uh, Christian school to kind of not only uh, teach our students academics to help them understand the power of being servant leaders. So this is a program that is built around a cohort of freshmen coming in. And so every freshman year, we identify 25 students uh, that have a passion towards uh, taking their academics and changing, uh, being positive change agents in our community. And so uh, those 25 students across disciplinary go through a four-year curriculum uh, integrating in topics that uh, are contributors towards poverty, so things like uh, food insecurity, access to water, access to health care, anti-food trafficking. Um, they study that and then do a capstone at the end of the program uh, that uh, creates a, uh, an academic artifact of how they have contributed towards um, decreasing poverty in our communities. Um, I think it's been wildly successful and, and I think a testament to the mission of the university. Uh, so I'll toot my own horn uh, for a minute. Uh, very uh, anti-Midwestern movie. Um, however, uh, it's the two things that I'm working on uh, right now at Wittenberg. Uh, so again, small liberal arts college, about 1,300 students in the middle of cornfields in Springfield, Ohio, such as Thorn the Baby. Um, and uh, so that kind of is, it's a beautiful setting, the whole thing. Uh, what we're working on right now are two things. Uh, a student experience uh, we're calling Why Fit. 
Uh, I'll tell you more about that in a second. And then student, uh, it's, it's a student-run, student-led, similar uh, organization. So I don't think it's unique in terms of different than anybody else is doing, uh, but it hasn't existed on campus before uh, called Tiger Ventures. And so uh, we are we're, we're standing up next year. There's a smoothie shop on campus. Next year, we'll stand up two new businesses. One's a clothing line and another is a coffee shop. Uh, all taking advantage of kind of market openness uh, on the university's campus and, and things like that. And this is literally, we've got CEOs and CFOs and uh, business unit presidents and uh, marketing managers and, and finance managers. I mean, these are all positions that literally six, eight months ago didn't exist and uh, they will before, uh, before the uh, beginning of next year. Uh, and so these students are gonna run businesses that are going to start up businesses and then we're going to have new businesses that they're going to create kind of in 2024 and 2025, all just taking advantages of gaps in the market at, at, in Whitburg. And then the student experience is, you can kind of short shift it and say it's just a podcast, uh, but uh, we're also going to do a live studio audience. Uh, we're also going to uh, live cast it. Uh, and then have it on a video on YouTube and also uh, via podcast. Uh, and so we're going to ask our guests who are all alumni, uh, why did they choose WIT, but then also what have they done after it to try to help our students understand that there are many different paths to what happens after you leave the university and you don't have to study this one thing. Because, I mean, I think education in and of itself is under attack, but liberal arts education is, is under attack as well. Uh, and so we want to give a full kind of an understanding for all students that they don't necessarily have to study one thing in order to get a great job and leave. They can study whatever they want because it's really about them and their understanding and kind of what's out there and just their belief in themselves and what they could be doing. Uh, and so those are two pretty cool things. Um, so one thing I know that is unique so, uh, with us is that we have the only entrepreneurial center in the country that is a collaboration between city, government, and university. If you just heard bureaucracy, 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 you are right. Uh, so the speed of academia, right? So uh, what we've done is we've created a founder-led environment. Um, we've got a new president, but we've uh, got a 17th president coming in. Um, he's 43. And he is bringing innovation already into the system, even before he's here. So uh, some people might have had the chance last night to meet him. His name is Matt Vandenberg. Um, he's going to be a catalyst for, for what we've been able to do and build there. Um, and the promise, you know, the reason that I'm staying there and building our company there and everything is this has to remain a founder-led ecosystem because the bureaucratic beasts are all great as resources, but they are not great at speed of entrepreneurship. They're not great to be directing how that ecosystem should be run. So um, on the back of our company, so or Midwest Unmodesty, I guess, um, we've been able to win 13 uh, Air Force R&D contracts the last three years. Um, we're involving students in those. So that's the first of, that we know the type of, of getting phase ones in there. Um, Ohio State is great at doing phase twos and getting the prototypes and everything that we actually transfer to the other state schools because at the end of the day, Ohio West is not a tier one research institute, but it gives that first, uh, you know, 
experience with uh, a startup with something 1914, you know, with a, another bureaucratic beast, big government, um, but a chance for innovation and it's, uh, something, you know, outside because the, with the cliff coming of the population and uh, Google coming out and saying, you know, they don't have to even have a college education anymore to come, you know, make six figures here. Uh, we have to justify the experience and, you know, to Anne's point, I mean, the true experimental learning, right? Not just some faux pas thing that you throw out there in a syllabus, but true experimental learning at a higher level to justify a expensive four-year piece of paper. Thank you so much. Um, so with the Ohio Impact Fund, Jenny, who's back over there, uh, and I have worked with so many different universities and so many different programs, and I'm really curious for, for everyone who's here and everyone who's watching, uh, in business professionals, mentors, CEOs, individuals like that and individuals like y'all wanting to get engaged with your university. Uh, are, are there different ways where, whether they were coming into your towns and your cities or whether they were working virtually, they could help support the work that you're doing? Um, yeah, so I think, uh, uh, well, particularly I wasn't, you know, there's a, you know, the deep roots of it, Methodist uh, University, there was this very humbleness and humility um, aspect to it, right, where you, you let your actions speak and, and, and go, you know, for, which is great, um, and speaks into Midwest modesty, you know, that we're, we're talking about. Um, we have to be able to celebrate our wins and, and toot our own horns, you know, so that, you know, because... And it's the same reason that we look at our company like accolades. Accolades don't mean crap to me, honestly. You know, another trophy, another competition win, whatever. But it's validity in the market that someone sees that we're in, you know, um, trying to think fast company. You know, we just won that award. That's telling someone that we're valid. Um, and that's, you know, we can talk and preach about how great we are doing all this, but then they see that and it's sick. So I think uh, university, we're getting better at sharing those and sharing the resources and kind of unlocking education and realizing that those true assets at all these universities. Um, but telling that story is, is tough. So we have to invite them in. So um, Matt and I were talking uh, about, you know, messaging and there's a rule that you, you, you never say never and never say always, those are absolutes. But if you say it in the fact that my door is always open and my mind is never closed, I think those are absolutes to live by. Um, so I've never thought about how someone that isn't alumni or otherwise could get involved in a university that's not their own. Um, uh, that's an interesting thought. I'm not going to answer it. I'm just going to say uh, we all in some way, shape, or form, I would guess, came from a university. Um, and money is one thing. I think there is a massive value in time. So if you have any inclination or any affinity back towards your university, I would encourage you all to give some of your time. It doesn't have to be hours and hours or weeks and months. It could just be a couple hours going and talk to these students. I promise you, they are hungry for your experience and your knowledge. They just wanna know what it's like on the other side. So they've all just spent all their time kind of in their parents' house and, and all that. Now they're in college and in four years, they're meant to be in this 
crazy world that exists outside of the four walls. We've all sat in those classrooms and understood that, but then and then experienced what it was to kind of make our own way on the other side. Um, and so I think they're just, they want to know about your experiences. They want to know how to do what you've done. Uh, and so I would just encourage you to, even if it's just guest lecture for an hour or two, once a year, that's all very important stuff and very, I mean, money is a renewable resource, your time is not, and that's super valuable to the students. Uh, I echo that as well. Um, your time, your expertise, your network. Um, there, it, it could be that I'm taking 20 students to Atlanta and I need to connect the dots to get into a company that there's not maybe a savior grad. Um, any, anything like that. Of course, guest lecturing, showing up. I did a relaunch for my center a couple of weeks ago and we had 115 people show up. And a whole bunch of them were from the ecosystem, including Jack Lyon. Awesome, thank you. Um, well, three, three blues and hoodies. <laughs> actually, actually, that's one of the downsides of David right now. The new president for snow boots for anything. It's awful. Not even beer, wine, etc. It's terrible. It's like this is not a party. This is like you know we should have a party hat on, like a like the kids' birthday party. Is, is that why you're staring the basic slow Perhaps. But uh, showing up, um, it, for, for sure, I, had, I have a posse of a dozen of young professionals that are in my mentee network, mentee mentor, it goes both ways, some of which I co-invest with and do deals with, that showed up. <laughs> like It was astounding. And then what they did is they poured into these students and had you know great conversations with them. Part of it is just even helping them learn how to network, learn how to connect, learn how to be curious. Sometimes helping them to ask the right questions. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of those things. Yeah, money could be helpful at some point because money. If I go into the president and I've raised money from folks that don't have a savior connection, it's credentialing for me. And finally, they're going to realize the asset that they have at Savior, and they don't quite know it. Yeah, I, I echo everything that was set up here. Uh, I think that um, trying to turn the, the whole model on its head, I think that the low-hanging fruit in higher education for a long time was to approach alumni because of that strong connection. But I think some of the, the most powerful connections are those that uh, don't have any affiliation with the university. Uh, when you approach somebody in, in your community, these businesses that you say, but for, for example, Walsh University, you know, a, a $5 million, $1 million gift is transformation. Whereas if you have an affiliate, you graduate from Notre Dame, and give you five million dollars. Oh, that's great. Put it in the corner. That's right. So, if if you are really looking to make a difference in your local community, having affiliation with your local uh, university, like we are building a network, it does not only just create opportunity for the students, but there's opportunity for uh, the businesses and the business leaders within the communities to invest something that can uh, transform uh, students' lives. Excellent. Um, does anybody have any questions for the speaker? Because I, I'm going to preface this by saying 
today. After this, we're all going to get slides and we're all going to be able to connect all the dots together. And I feel that knowing this group and watching today, that's where so many of the amazing conventions are going to happen. But if anyone has a question that they want everybody to hear, I'd love to love to hear it uh, before jumping to the next one. Yeah, any question? I didn't, but I this touches the roots of 361 firm. Is this alumni mentors and networking? So I just want to hit on that. And Mona, but any questions? I have one final, yes. very, very quick point. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm also excited about uh, with the connections today and the fact that this panel exists is the opportunity to drive more collaboration and connectivity across all of what we're doing because I think it's going to amplify and accelerate um, all of our aims. So. I do want to you know, at least launch the next gen panel here and introduce it and everything. Okay. Uh, but just to touch on this, uh, like I'm my dad's a barber, really good barber. Um, and we exchanged uh, haircuts, seven haircuts for a French woman's family for French lessons when I was seven. And that sort of took me to France, maybe a kid from Lakeing County, uh, gave me a, a global mindset. Right. And then a guy named Lou Mitchell was the chairman of County Savings Bank. Those are the Ohio. Uh, my firm door, my mentor. We all need mentors for the points. And I, uh, 1987, went up to the top of his 23rd floor, and I probably looked like a kid the Sundays too. He sent me to Brooks Brothers. Right? He did all the things that you want alumni mentor to do for you. So that mindset, when I come back from Russia, you go to New York City, and I didn't feel that warm and fuzzy, I felt clickiness. And that's what 360 is that I want. I created an event for Dennis, where everybody feels included at the table, right? And you're all, everyone introduces themselves. And so anyways, that all that comes, and they're also alumni networks of Mark Anderson, Andreas, right? You would get that Eddie's Biden, that's gonna be Biden. These are powerful networks to tap into. But there's a problem. They don't they're not, they're always milking the cow, not feeding the cow. It's a we are here for life. And they're not, they're just trying to ask for money while you're even in school. So I never ask for money in my business. So Adam Weinberg is great. Uh, he got he got behind us. You know, a lot of this, a lot of this room here. But there's a problem. So the, and then, by the way, there's a there's so much that we could do together. And yet, your we cross universities that you cross by shared interests. And we want to have really because you're doing experiential learning. Let's learn from each other, right? Experience. Anyway, time. Sort of touching her, I kind of look like that's sort of where there's all. Okay, love that. I like the I like old woman, but you're very happy to day here. I will just say that for those of you who are not from here, keep an eye on all of the things that are happening. Uh, it's not just the three C's or the four C's. It's all of these corners, all the schools, the liberal arts, universities, colleges, everything. That's where we're finding the, the hidden gems. 
And those hidden gems are where we get the greatest opportunity. Our, one of our strongest companies is based in Dunkirk, Ohio. They're making electric school buses and they're doing amazing at it. And they're starting to figure out how they can incorporate students into that engineering process and do all of these really, really cool things. And so uh, I was very thankful that the farm and gym and the entire team let us bring in some of these universities. Uh, but understand we're representing four universities here and we have so many more with incredible things, but to Mark's point and to what I know all of your feelings are, if we can uh, bring community together and collaborate, we're going to be able to uplift the entire state, and that's going to be great for the entire region and the whole country. So uh, thank you all, and um, uh, to all of you, um, thank you for joining us. The last panel. So I was talking with the panelists from our next panel, and we came to a quick realization that we were going to be the group that was standing in between you and the cocktail upstairs. And so we don't want to do that for too long, but it's really special that we have a lot of our friends in across the country that are focused on the next generation of work. Um, uh, what, what's going on with family offices, what's happening with businesses, and also what's happening with the community. So I would love to invite uh, our friends uh, to join us. We're going to do a quick set of introductions. I'm going to throw out a quick question, but then we're going to retire to the rooftop where we're all going to have a nice little gathering and party. So uh, I'm, I'm just very thankful that they're all here, that you're all here, and we'll, uh, we'll not take too much more of your time before we're able to enjoy it all together. So to kick things off, um, my buddy Weston here is how I know most of y'all. Um, and if you're in Austin or Chicago or New York or a lot of other places, um, that's how most people know each other as well. And so uh, I have no idea how to do an intro, so I'm gonna pass the mic over to you, but uh, he, he does an event called the Great Humans Happy Hour, and um, there's no one better to be that and to connect those dots. Well, thanks for having us. Um, last one, we're, I'm based in Austin, but I've basically been living out of suitcases past year, uh, the US and the Dominican Republic, but I'm a connector. I love meeting people, finding out what their needs are and connecting them with other folks that are passionate about what they're passionate about to do business and lead the fact. It's like kind of looks like doing business development, uh, fundraising, producing events, and also dabbling some film projects. Wonderful. And I've been the great beneficiary of many of Weston's connections and events and also tag along and try and help host and bring great humans together like we have today. My name is Samantha Dede, and I have a private practice where I work with individuals, families, and organizations really around relational alignment and wellness. What does that look like? You know, creating uh, inclusive and engaging family meetings, family dynamics, Fashion planning, um, training, and experiences that really foster connection and educational experiences that are impact related and also help people um, transition different businesses and philanthropic initiatives down to the next gen. Really excited to be here. I 
joke, but in all seriousness, anywhere that Weston goes, a crew of impact-minded humans follow um, and, and have gotten the pleasure to, to know Wolf a little bit and really just impressed with what 361 is doing in terms of bringing different families and geographical regions of people together. Um, I wear a couple of different hats in finalizing my doctoral research specifically on next gens within family offices in alignment with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Chris and I run World Logic Day together with the UN in Austin. So if you ever want to pop down to Texas, let us know. And we also run a company that is focused on the advancement of knowledge and that intersection between human intelligence, artificial intelligence, and what we call logical intelligence. And uh, Chris Fronda, been a 15-year technologist, uh, been involved in everything from uh, blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies, artificial intelligence, uh, social media apps, just have basically been involved in the entire gamut. And now we're focused on the intersection, like Chelsea mentioned, between artificial intelligence and human intelligence, very relevant to the education topic. Uh, previously, uh, we uh, can talk a little bit more about that, but uh, something we're working on is called logic.wiki, and it's uh, really this intersection between the two of those. Thank you. It's, it's really exciting to have all of you here today. I'm a little spoiled because I'm going to hang out with you for the last day and a half. But uh, with, with this network, with this amazing group, uh, if there was one ask that you could give as far as who you would like to be connected to, um, I'm going to start back over here with Weston because he's connected to so many people. Uh, who, who would you like to connect with and why? You know, I love just meeting the interesting people working on really big projects. So there's no one specific, but I'm always down for meeting anyone that's working on like really interesting things. I mean, I dabble in you know the entertainment space, the sports space, CPG tech, um, and then working on actually on a project that's interesting. It's a couple panels ago that I talked about it, uh, hydrogen electric car. And so I just love meeting people working on really niche things too, and seeing how I provide value and back to hospital. Great question. Um, and I'm looking at you because experiential learning has been one of my uh, greatest saviors, honestly, like my background in mediation and coaching and instead of going into law or psychology, I found that pathway of learning and figuring out life from a more experiential lens. And for me, like my learning style that worked really well. So I think paying attention, like learning how people learn. So come talk to me about how you're learning, how you're engaging. Um, with anyone really in your life, but I think it's really important to be thoughtful and inclusive about the different ways that people learn and how to share information in a format that is um, where people can be really receptive. And so I love to learn how people are learning and sharing and creating experiences around that. So you might ask. So I'm going to flip this question. Because right. I have another one just for you. So I can... <laughs> in, instead of answering who I would like to be connected to, I'm instead going to share who I hope you all connect to. So in accordance with this panel topic, I hope that you all connect to the next generation. I hope that you all connect to your kids, to your friends' kids. I hope that you're discussing with them not only your investment portfolio, but your failures, your successes, what you hope to instill in them as they advance into this world. So for those that are for the advancement of knowledge, for those that are for collaboration, 
for those that are for the youth, those uh, are the people that I want to connect you to and, and hope you connect as well. No, no pressure, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so on my end, I would say that anyone that resonates with, uh, you know, looking at there's there's more to something than just the profit that a company's that the company's gonna make. So during the web summit this year, uh, Gary Marcus was talking about how there's never been a more profitable time than now to start a control yeah. farm. So it's a great time to spread misinformation, uh, highly profitable, maybe venture fundable. But how do we look at capital that you know goes into you know, how do we look at the movement of capital that also considers what is going to the effect that it'll have on, on society. So I think anyone that wants to talk about this intersection between the movement of capital still around profit, but but not uh, you know making a stance against things that can be very profitable, such as spreading this information. Um, I'll, I'll just throw this out really quick. Uh, Chelsea, uh, I'm we had the honor to bring a small contingent to uh, Human Logic Day last year in Boston. Um, I think that that is one of the greatest conversations that I have been a part of. If others in this room wanted to join in that conversation, uh, could you quickly give the overview of what it is and then let us know how we can engage? Because I think that the 361 group and Ohio and everyone we know um, could definitely uh, compete with a lot of the conversations that we're having and help grow them together. Sure. So I can provide a bit of overview, but in terms of what UN World Logic Day means to myself and, and what I think Chris and I are hoping to build, that's a forum and a place to walk in your purpose um, and to experiment, innovate, collaborate around the things that we hope to see the world turn into. So in terms of the overview, the United Nations started a World Logic Day um, with the concept of keeping humanity and humanity's importance protected amidst advancements like artificial intelligence. They host it in 62 different countries all over the world. They only pick five partners per country. We were really excited to be chosen as the only corporate partner for the United States. We brought over five different United Nations specific departments to Austin. Um, in addition to that, we brought over, I think, 45 different family offices, 20 to 30 plus venture firms, um, several founders, several educators, those in corporate social responsibility. Um, but most importantly, and I think, Anne might have mentioned this on her last panel, what I hope that it instills is curiosity. How do we continue to question? How do we continue as a society to collaborate and move forward and think about the tools, the technology, the impacts that we wanna make um, alongside one another? So it's very easy to become complacent, but I think World Logic Day is a place that we can look at how we experiment together, innovate together. Um, in terms of how to get involved, 
There are a variety of ways to get involved. One attend to underwrite um, students or those in the community that couldn't otherwise afford to attend, um, nominate different organizations. Uh, the UN gave 15 different awards. They'll be doing that again this year. Um, and more, most importantly, just talk to us about your dreams, your passion, your purpose, and, and we'll see who within our, our realm we can connect you to. Chris, do you want to add so, yeah, so we um, started our company focused on uh, spreading awareness around formal logic, which is a uh, field of study taught at Oxford and other universities around just dissecting human argument, understanding reason, right? And if you look at logical fallacies, I'm sure we're all familiar with, uh, which is rampant around uh, politics and just most of our daily life. We uh, formed a company on on helping to upend this as a as a mission for why you know we're doing what we're doing. And uh, so what Chelsea was just mentioning is that we didn't know that the UN created similar data. Also, the thread being looking at the ethics around AI moving forward in the face of all that's doing and disruption of jobs and just again the amount of misinformation that spread. So. Uh, anyone that wants to talk further about that, I think that's, you know, we can talk more about one. Thank you. And, and just to wrap everything up really quick, uh, before we go have a little bit more fun, is uh, uh, for Weston and for Sam, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to World Logic Day next year. I'm really excited to see you all there. When is it? January 12th. January 12th, for those of you at home. Um, but then if there was another event where you'd like to encourage people to come join, um, and you can think about this if you don't have it, because I'm throwing this out of absolutely nowhere, um, where's a great place for people to get connected, be it in person or virtually? Well, I think if you're in Austin, every week I host this thing called Austin Connections. So two years ago or two and a half years ago, I had a lot of friends calling me up saying, hey, I have a friend that just moved to Austin, never been to San Francisco, New York, LA. And so instead of doing a bunch of one-on-one -on -one copies, I just started hosting this weekly meetup. And now we get about 60 to 100 people each week of mostly new to Austin folks. And one of the reasons why I started that is just because uh, back in 2019, I read a report from Cigna said 50% of American adults do not have a friend. Oh. There's a massive loneliness epidemic, oh. and it's probably gotten worse since the pandemic. So that's why I always do the weekly meetup. And then Samantha and I host an event. I'll let her tell you about all the great humans happy are. Well, thank you. Um, in addition, you know, a part of me just, you know, using like curiosity and connection is kind of a little bit of a recipe here is to ask people where, like, you know, what events are they attending and where. Um, what's been impactful to them and you know i'm not sure if there's like an asker list of things where people can go look and then who's gone and connect there's our there's our list oh there we go okay beautiful um and so yeah i was referring to something called great humans happy hour which was something that was kind of blossomed out of a desire to when i was personally traveling to just bring unique people from all parts of my lives together to just meet and accelerate you know, whatever was impactful to one another, but in a space where people could foster trust quite quickly. So someone said to me, when I come, I already feel like I can get more layers deep with someone. And I think that's so important because 
trust and camaraderie in a safe space is so crucial for people really being able to have impactful conversations and learn about each other in a more um, doubtful way. And so I would say that, and yeah, feel free to talk to me if they're come up and ask me questions. And I'm always happy to connect to someone if I don't know the answer. Now I'm thinking about other events. Um, in terms of, I'm trying to pull down this next-gen conversation as, as carefully as I can. In terms of next-gen events that I really encourage, if, whether that's you and you're interested in learning about how next-gens engage or others, um, I really appreciate the work of Rachel Darrell of Nexus. I think what she's done to bring nonprofit leaders, social entrepreneurs, but also families together is really remarkable. So that's in June in New York City. Thank you so much. I'll just throw out a couple of others. Uh, if you're at South by Southwest next year, uh, connect with Ted. He throws a Midwest house based out of Grand Rapids, um, but lots of events from Detroit Tech Week and uh, Grand Rapids Tech Week so all over the all over the region. Um, also, uh, keep an eye on everything that Ann and Jack are working on down with the the Angels. I think that it's going to be an amazing year of expansion. Uh, I did hear as much about what they're doing with the next gens as normal, but that's probably because I've heard it over and over again, but they have lowered the entry for next gens to be able to get involved with the angels, which has been really, really neat. Um, Rick is hosting tomorrow, um, along with Dan and a lot of other folks uh, in, in Northeast Ohio. So check that out, but if you're not able to be there tomorrow, make an effort to get on up there because uh, what they're doing is truly incredible. Uh, I'm missing out on so many people, but of course, uh, Mark and Jim and the team always do so much to create unique opportunities for people to cross-connect. And uh, I'm just very thankful that, that you all shared your space with us today. I'm thankful for all of you for uh, coming to town, sharing your expertise, and expanding all of our networks together. So thank you. All right, officially, but we always have a next gen uh, panel that's uh, been an important part of our learning experience. And I think there's a there's a lot of lots to learn. In fact, my first intern from Denison uh, exposed me to social media for good or for bad. Uh, they always I learned so much from from them. Uh, and if, but there's there's such a, a communication gap issue, right? That, uh, and I like what Chelsea with, uh, and talking with uh, 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 Olivia, and you're, what you're doing that you have these principles that they need mentors that are not in the family, right? They, they need all these things around them just so that they can be optimized. So there's a, there's a lot to learn in that. Now Andreas and I have been spending time uh, in Germany, the Germans, like on their eighth or ninth generation, the Americans are so opportunistic and it's so fluffy as it comes to the next gen. So, I think there's a lot we can learn around the world together. So, with that, um, uh, tomorrow is Canton. And I know we, before we break, uh, does everyone know what we're doing in Canton? You've touched on it. Uh, you want to hit it before we break just one more time because it's 10 30 at. Hall of Fame, and then at 12.30, year one, we transition to Walsh. So just before we all split to the lens here. So at uh, 10.30, 
We have a private reception at the Hall of Fame Village uh, Professional Football Hall of Fame there in New York. It's kind of transitioning from just uh, a uh, Hall of Fame to actually being part of the bus. A lot of parts things going on. Uh, so it's actually been transforming the community. So there's a lot going on in that space. Please come enjoy that. Then uh, we'll host lunch at the Mulch and um, at 12 30, 1 o'clock, and the program is right And I will start with uh, an address by Dr. Victor from the National Science Board that kind of talks about what, uh, what is happening in Ohio that is in alignment with the National Science Board Vision 2035 for um, STEM and uh, creating technology content. Uh, workers and how Ohio's going to take a million dollars. So it'll be quite interesting. We'll have a couple other panel discussions after that. So it'll be a great day. Please come on. And then you can't get very well for the agenda. I don't know what But yeah, about to go maple and call it this. Is like when I went to these Denison events, there was haphazard networking. Now it's the enlightened networking. Now you've heard, seen what we didn't do. And I'm just, uh, is our, our round tables. That's that was sort of our core. So that's on me today. But uh, we had we do so many tours, man. Let's let it go. Uh, but we do the rooftop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I've seen it. it's beautiful. Uh, thank you uh, for suggesting this. We talk about being you. So we definitely go across uh, the way before eighty five hundred. Five hundred, yeah. And uh, up the elevator. There'll be some drinks waiting for you, some food soon. And uh, this is great. So, thank you, everybody. Come join our 361 firm community of investors and thought leaders. We have a lot of events created by the community as we collaborate on investments and philanthropic interests. Join us.